Good afternoon, everybody. Domestic terrorist mobs or Antifa and BLM domestic terrorists? That's the question of today. Today's the day the fake news media types like CNN's fake Jake Tapper have been waiting for. The impeachment show trial of President Donald J. Trump begins. But it's not really Trump who's on trial. It's you and me, folks. The Americans who support Mr. Trump and most importantly, America first policies instead of the America last policies we're watching being implemented by what President Joe Biden has referred to as dictatorship. For executive orders, the president in modern history, killing thousands of American jobs and hurting Americans in the middle of a pandemic whose effects have been primarily caused by the United States government and the state governments. But they don't want you to be aware of that, and they want you to focus on you and me, America Firsters, as domestic terrorists, because we refuse to believe the 2020 presidential election was not stolen by Joe Biden. That's what they want. Well, my friend Kurt Schlichter is here with us today. He's a retired Army colonel and the author of a book titled Crisis, that is presciently and eerily much like what's happening in our country today. So, welcome back to the Rob Manus Show, Colonel Kurt Slicker. How are you? Hey, doing good. How about you? It's good to see you again, my friend. I know you're a busy man. Uh, uh, so, uh, here we are again. Seems like a rerun mm -hmm. from here this time. Uh, with an impeachment of President Trump, but but it's really not about him, is it? He said a while back, it's not really about. They're not really coming for him. They're coming for us. No, that's that's entirely true. Uh, it, you know, Donald Trump was kind of an avatar of the aspirations of the people who've been kind of left behind by the root system that we face, uh -huh. and it's. Um, I think it's uh, uh, it, it's very obvious they want to shut us up, want to silence us, and not. I don't know about you, I don't feel like being shut up or silenced. So I'm not going to do any of that. Instead, I'm going to say whatever I want all the time, however I please. And there's nothing they can do about it. Exactly right. We're going to do whatever we want and talk and think whatever we want. And they're not going to do a damn thing about it. And when they do try to do about it, people like Kurt Slichter, who is an attorney at law and a damn good one, I might add, will help us fight back in the courts, won't you? Well, look, I, I think we're going to get some help. Uh, uh, Ron DeSantis in uh, Florida is already uh, moving against the tech companies that have been silencing people, and Greg Abbott's joined in, too. I've advocated this for a long time, uh, a social media user's bill of rights, where we recognize social media presence as a property right. Uh, for so long, it's been kind of dismissed as nothing. You know, oh, well, we're giving you a Twitter account. You don't have to pay for it. It doesn't matter. Well, is that really the right way to look at it? And, and it, it, it clearly isn't. We're giving these people a lot of free material. Uh, and we're doing it in the understanding that we're going to have the ability to kind of say what we want within the bounds of the First Amendment. And when they kind of change the rules on us and destroy the social media presence that we built up, after giving them value... Because remember, the classic uh, contract formulation is offer cons acceptance consideration. You, you, you make a deal, and then you yeah. get something for it, and you give something for it. 
Well, they, they've kind of tried to break that rule. This is simply putting us back on an even footing and understanding that our online presence is not only a, a property right, it's also key to being able to interact in our society. With, uh, with, with so many uh, giant corporations in tandem with the Democrat establishment attempting to silence people, threaten people into shutting up or conforming, I, I think it's it's long past time to get in there and uh, uh, re-examine it, re-examine regulation. The the you know I hear a lot conservatives don't like regulation. Well, you know you you guys, people who say that misunderstand the principle. My principle is not for or against regulation. My principle is anything that uh, uh, decreases my freedom is something that I'm against, and my freedom can be decreased both by a government and by a giant corporation. I, I'm indifferent to which, but I have no moral obligation to allow either of them to oppress me, and I won't. Yeah, and a, and a side note to what you just said, uh, uh, from a personal perspective, my Facebook fan page, at COL Rob Manus, is being attacked by Facebook now because I took Mike Lindell's uh, absolute truth video and I published it on my website and I shared the link on my fan page which has about a quarter of a million followers and Facebook has labeled that as false and is telling people that I'm a purveyor of false information and I checked the information in the video before I put it up and it's actually factual there's no false information in the video uh, but let's so assume there is Let's assume that Mike Lindell, and I don't know, I haven't watched the video, let's say Full uh, Baloney. I'm going to try to keep it SSC compliant. Let's assume it's Full Baloney. I keep hearing yeah. these, these people who, and again, I'm, I'm constantly in a quandary whether people are dumb or think I'm dumb, saying things like, well, the First Amendment doesn't cover false information. Well, of course it does. Well, the First Amendment doesn't allow you to lie. That's the whole purpose of the First Amendment, is to allow you to lie. Um, oh, and my favorite, free speech. I'm not, I'm not censoring you. You're just, I'm, I'm just, these are just consequences for free speech, which is, of course, censorship. Um, the, the simple fact is, for some reason, and I suspect I know what it is, these people are terrified of allowing dissenting ideas to be expressed. I have never in my life tried to silence anyone from making a political view against me. Uh, uh, offering an opinion, uh, something like that. Now, there are occasional lunatics who will say things like, Kurt, you've never deployed. Okay, I in fact have. And, you know, I, I, I in fact have. So I'm going to confront you with that and, and, and tell you mm, there is such thing as libel, which is a very, very narrow, narrow, narrow uh, thing. And, and, and it is not an exception to free speech. It is simply paying for damages caused by very, very narrow kind of uh, false statement. Um, remember, the, 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 the classic formulation of uh, uh, free speech is against what's called prior restraint. That is, you let them say it. You, you, don't, you, you, you don't stop them from saying it. You may be able, if they have libeled, you may, you may be able to come around and, since it's the hardest kind of lawsuit to win, you can try and win it. You're, you're not going to, although I've won millions of dollars for clients. Um, it's all about case selection because you know, most of the time, there's, you know, that people lie about you freely. Um, the thing is, these guys are terrified, terrified, Rob. They're terrified. 
that, that people are going to hear something that they disagree with. I, I'm not afraid of people hearing my, uh, people who oppose me and people who think I'm wrong. It doesn't bother me. I'm not scared of it. It never occurred to me to shut them up. But that's all they want to do with us. Now, I'm a pretty good lawyer. I'm incredibly persuasive and powerful in my presentation of the facts. But I don't think I'm so powerful that you ought to be terrified uh, of, of, of me out speaking. You are free to disagree. Of course, fact, you're free like to it. disagree. That's what you and I risked our necks for, and our people have risked their necks and died uh, for in multiple wars over the years, whether we agreed with the wars or not. That's the that's the foundation yeah. of why we do this. It's not it doesn't got anything to do with the government of the United States or those kind of things. People volunteer to die for you so you can tell me that I'm crazy or or even that I'm you know a, a fake news guy. Uh, and, and you know what? I, I I don't have a problem with people saying that. Uh, now I'm a private citizen, and if I don't want to debate you, I can just block you and mute you on my Twitter account. Uh, yeah. You know, and uh, and that's that. But you get to say your piece first, and when you self-identify yourself as an idiot, uh, you may get blocked by me. But it's not because I just I don't want to talk to you about it. It's just I don't want to waste my time on you when I know your view and I disagree with your view. Okay, fine. Well, well there, there, there are some people who have interesting disagreements with me, and they're not yeah. unusually offensive. That's that's fine. And that's, if you you know if you want to insult me, I I, I reserve my right to uh, disengage with you. I'm not going to silence you. I will. You can talk yeah. to anybody you want. I, I don't have to. I don't have to talk to you, but. Um, the oh, idea man, the media, the, the media, like Jake Tapper at CNN, oh, he's uh, they, they are trying to silence not just you or me or Donald Trump, but anybody that supports America first. Kurt? Yes, uh, yeah, and it's uh, it, it's kind of I, I would say it's shocking, except it's actually the opposite of shocking. But the American news media is the biggest advocate of censorship in American public life. They, and they do it because A, they're stupid, B, they're weak, C, they know their beliefs are garbage, D, they want to try stop the competitors who, in fact, they can't compete against because, you know, all of the above. They are stupid, weak, and garbage. So for, for them, this is a way to try and maintain relevance because the people have spoken, and what the people said was, you suck. Yeah, they do. They do suck, and and uh, just like people are saying, Fox News sucks these days. You know, well, look, uh, that's the way it is. You know, if, you, if uh, your product doesn't meet the needs of the customer, the customers are going to tell you that it sucks. But but what's really going on in our in our country today, though, Kurt? You know, I read your book, Crisis, and and uh, we'll make sure we tell people multiple times how to get that thing because you should go buy it so. on, uh, right now. Uh, because it's it it was, and I don't use big words often because they confuse me, uh, and I don't like to confuse viewers. But it was and you prescient. were a pilot. It, no, I was a weapon systems officer. I dropped bombs for a living. We're the working uh, bees uh, here. Uh, so not, the tea drink, not the tea drinking, pinky raising pilots up front. <laughs> just uh, but uh, and we'll get to that in your book here in a second on how you made how you put the the tea drinking pilot as the enemy <laughs> trying to send a nuclear weapon against the American people. Oh my goodness! But that's for another uh, short uh, few minutes from now. But you know what what is happening today 
The Capitol is occupied by the National Guard, by the United States Armed Forces. Uh, you see it every day. Uh, uh, the independent media types are, are out there uh, starting to use those words. The military occupation of Washington, D.C. continues uh, because uh, you mentioned it before. They're afraid of ideas. They're not. Yes. There's somebody up there shooting at them. I mean, if we wanted to do that, uh, it would not be that difficult to do. Uh, well, look, know, uh, and they stuff up uh, as they do this to try to hurt more than half of the popula voting population of the United States of America. Well, well, I kept hearing about this insurrection and sedition, and what it looked like was about, you know, 200 guys dressed like Conan, acting like fools in, in many cases, being jerks around the cops who were just trying to yeah. do their job. You know, a lot of guys did some stupid stuff up there. And, uh, but that's, you know, I was in the, I was with my battalion commander who I was with in the Los Angeles riots. I mean, we were in a Humvee, our uh, companies were spread all over Los Angeles. It was on fire. I was driving around with him at night in a Humvee while the riots were going on. So we're just having a, we're just having this huge laugh over this whole idea that that was a riot on Capitol Hill. That was some knuckleheads getting out of control and other people just kind of taking selfies and wandering along. Um, but, you know, no, no, it's an insurrection. Dude, I, I've seen an insurrection. In fact, uh, it was, uh, uh, you know, encouraged and advocated by Maxine Waters, in fact, exactly. who, who famously called it a rebellion. It wasn't a rebellion. It was a... Uh, spasm of thievery and idiocy uh it was incredibly destructive and uh terrible to the people living in uh the the uh, area of los angeles where it occurred i remember we rolled in all my troops were from south central los angeles by the way so i was yeah. like you know this little suburban kid uh as a lieutenant but all my guys were from down there and they just had zero use for these bombs uh who were destroying where they lived and i remember uh ladies coming out of their houses and hugging us thanking us for being there uh to uh, uh protect things and then you know these poor guardsmen up in uh capitol hill trying to do the best they can being treated like garbage mm -hmm. uh led terribly get you know rob can, can you imagine either of us walking in on our troops looking like that cluster that we saw lying around on the floor of the Capitol. No oh. gear, no sleeping gear, weapons everywhere. Where are the sergeants? I don't know where the hell they were. I'm when just I thinking. Was, I was an 05 uh, oh. Italian XO, my friend. Uh, I worked for a general, <laughs> a one-star general and colonel, that if he had seen that, oh my it was God. my unit. My my top sergeant and myself would have had our butts down there, fired publicly, replaced oh. publicly, and the next two folks would have fixed it within five minutes. Oh, it, it's unbelievable. It, it, you know, I, I don't know what the hell that was. It would have never occurred. First of all, you're not taking care of your soldiers. That's it. Yeah. You're not yeah, taking that. care of your troops. Yeah. Troops want a disciplined environment. They want leadership. They want to know they're being taken care of. They want to know, as a boss, you're not an idiot who's going to squander their lives on something stupid. Okay? Exactly. But uh, apparently these guys couldn't be fed. They couldn't be organized. They couldn't be housed correctly. I'm like, what the hell is this? This is not the military I came up in. But then again, the military I came up in didn't spend a lot of time on important issues like uh, transsexual awareness. Well, what we wanted to do was kill the enemy. I don't know, we're, we're a little, that's where Neanderthals, but you know, Rob, on a serious level, I am, uh, I am terrified about our military 
I am terrified about the lack of leadership I see at senior levels, about guys who just ignore all the stuff. I, you and I were both taught by the guys who came out of Vietnam. We, th those yeah, were our yeah. colonels, majors, colonels, generals. Those are the guys who said, look, we put the Army together after Vietnam. We rebuilt it. This is how you do it. And we saw that pay off in the 90s, with that starting with Desert Storm and going on, when we were just an unparalleled system uh, or a parallel organization. And after 2000, despite the incredible efforts of our amazing soldiers, our leadership has failed at the strategic level, such that we're still putzing around in Afghanistan, putzing around in uh, Syria, and still putzing around in Iraq. 20 years later. Exactly. And why we should be getting the hell out of there. And Donald Trump was exactly right to force the bureaucracy to do his bidding, which is uh, as unbelievable yes. as it sounds. The commander in chief was having to force the DOD bureaucracy. And you could see how quickly they acted, trying to keep folks there. Now, we've heard about this stand down to look for supremacism and extremism in the Department of Defense from the new secretary, uh, former uh, general, uh, I knew him at, when he was a colonel and I was a major in the Pentagon, uh, Lloyd Austin, uh, who's, who's always been a nice guy personally to me, uh, but this is crazy. I talked to my one remaining son who's still in the military. I've had three in the military. Uh, he's a staff sergeant, he's a frontline NCO. Uh, and he called me today and asked me if I'd heard about it. And I said, yeah, I have. He said, and the first words out of his mouth was, hey, Dad, we're scared. We're afraid. Uh, I think most of the guys that I work with are conservative, but we're, we're afraid of what's going to happen here. What do you say to kids like that, uh, these good Americans that have volunteered to serve their company, the country, that risk their lives almost on a daily basis? Uh, right now, and I hate to say this because I love the Army. Um, I, I, I'm just not recommending people uh, enlist right now because I don't believe the military leadership right now is committed uh, uh, to the mission of defending our country and the mission of taking care of our troops. I, I believe their focus is, and this kills me to say it, is off those primary responsibilities and onto this weird netherworld of bizarre political correctness. Um, I, you know, I had some uh, lieutenant come on. It's always it's always the lieutenants who want to teach me about how military stuff works, and I, you know, I'm grateful for that. That's 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 what lieutenants do, and I have no doubt that I did the same stupid thing when I was a lieutenant. Um, yeah. If you want, let me tell you, uh, <laughs> plenty of uh, uh, plenty of antics when I was an LT. But here's the thing: he comes on and goes, "Well, you know, I'm glad you're out because." You know, back when you were, you, you don't have any empathy. And back when you were in, you know, the military is full of white supremacists. And I got to tell you, I didn't see, I didn't meet a lot of white supremacists when I was in. And, and, and somebody had come up and said, hi, I, uh, I have a, uh, a well-organized ideology where white people are supreme and everybody else is uh, uh, supporting. I would, have, I, I would have helped him to the local medical facility because he's clearly insane. I mean, it's just wicked. It's just like, what world are these guys in where yeah. the they military, I remember when I got out of the military and how stunned I was, normal society, and this is Los Angeles, right? This is West Los Angeles, very liberal, very progressive, where I went to law school, and I was stunned at how, uh, uh, how, how much race mattered and, frankly, how much uh, petty prejudice I had. I mean, they weren't Klansmen. But it was, you know, there it was just a, a, a clear 
sense of, of a kind of racial hierarchy that these people have, just yeah. mostly condescension. And it just, it was like, I, I just, it was completely alien to me because I just spent four, mm-hmm. almost four years in the military where you just don't care. The only thing, if somebody says, hey, Rob, we got a new, uh, a new major coming into the unit. Your first question is not, oh, is he black? Your first question, or even if no. your first question is, is the new major squared away? Yeah, what's that, his qualification? That is your first is question. Instructor is, or, uh, uh, is he, he or she an instructor, a flight evaluator, a weapons is officer, an expert in tactics? Uh, you know, or, or or are they not squared away, and and uh, we gotta supervise them when they're flying instead of well, letting them go out? It just would never occur to us. I mean, yeah, look, yeah I grew up as a kid in the military. I was an Air Force brat, uh, my brothers and I, and, uh, uh, and then spent 33 years in the Air Force myself. It's unbelievable what we're seeing. I mean, my yeah. sister told me today in that phone call that he thought that it was a witch hunt against Trump supporters and Trump. Oh, I'm sure it is. And, and that's and that's really sad. That's why I, I've come out and I'm not recruiting anymore. And and I don't know if the average American knows this, but most most of the volunteers are recruits yep. from family members. Uh, yeah, that's uh, true. You know, and uh, I'm just not going to do it anymore until the United States of America can do it. Two things: number number one, protect its troops from inside and out which yep. it's not doing right now, as you can see by the fiasco up in D.C., and putting more troops into combat zones where Congress hasn't approved it. Uh, yep. uh, and then number two, uh, where we just completely get away from this PC crap and start focusing on the mission again. Uh, and part of part of being a, the mission is taking care of our people. And, exactly. and the problem is the challenge. The, the correct way to think about it is I don't give a damn if somebody is this way or that way or this exactly. color or that color. What I care about is their qualifications and are they mission ready because they're supposed yeah. to be fighting to defend the Constitution of the United States. So I'm just not going to recruit anymore until America start Americans that are in office and, and in the government start defending the Constitution again. And it's under attack every day. And if you're not, if you don't believe it, Kurt, uh, if people don't believe it, they need to really open their eyes and get away from the television and stop watching their favorite Fox News or CNN or whatever it is they do and listen to shows like this one and, and people like you. That I mean, we're just coming from where the facts are, and the facts are that uh, our kids in the military are being abused right now. Look, this doesn't make us happy. I mean, the idea that no. you and I, who, who spent decades in the military, still love the military, are saying, hey, we, you know, th- this is tr- this is a warning. This is not a celebration. I'm not happy about this. Uh, right. I, I, but, and, and 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 frankly, I think I, I I think you and I probably have very few friends remaining in the military. I think uh, voices like ours are not welcome. Um, and I think um, that. Uh, uh, but but I think it's an, an entirely necessary that guys like you and me who did what we did and have a little bit of knowledge uh, uh, stand up and say, wait a minute, this is this is well. The thing is here is the thing we're not we're, we're simply going along with the guy what we were trained to do. This is not what I'm saying now is no different than than, than what I would have said under similar circumstances in 1992. 
you know, this is it, 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 what's changed is the military leadership has taken its eyes off the focus of mission first people always. Oh, you're absolutely right. That's a great phrase. I always liked it. Uh, and, uh, and that's because it states the truth. It states the truth. And our yeah. mission is not to rebuild other countries. Uh, nope. Our mission is to protect the United States, which we did when we went into Afghanistan initially. And we should have been out of there by 2005 at the latest, uh, at, the, in the, at the end of my last combat tour in, in June of 2005. Uh, and we're still there. Uh, and it looks like this administration, unfortunately, is going to have to be pushed back against uh, in the Congress, too, uh, because of that. But, but those, are, I think, are, are, uh, are not the main problem right now for the U.S. Armed Forces and for us uh, as a people, Kurt. I mean, the ACLU today, I heard that they're no longer going to defend free speech. They're going to go out there and focus on social justice warriors who, who like to burn down our cities and kill police officers. Yes. You know, uh, the military well, we talked about. Did you see the confession of the cabal in the Time Magazine article about how they fortified, a.k.a. rigged, yeah the 2020 presidential election. I mean, we have some major issues uh, that, uh, and I'm concerned that our armed forces are gonna be used against people like you and me. And I'm a guy that my whole life, like yours, was dedicated to defending the Constitution uh, and, and freely did it, enjoyed it, and I don't enjoy saying I no longer recruit for the U.S. Armed Forces. No, that's their job, which is to defend the Constitution. No, it doesn't make me any uh, happier either. Uh, I think, look, so much of this is fear-driven by the establishment that has failed in so many ways. The, the people in power have created a rigged system through stupidity and corruption, and people are noticing. I wrote an article in Town Hall today called uh, Woke uh, Overdosing on Wokeium. Uh, where my theory, I, I, I have a theory. I think a lot of these young people who buy into this idiotic social justice warrior crap are just being misled on purpose into thinking, into prioritizing that nonsense over their real interests. Uh, you know, you, we have a generation that can't get jobs. They're not allowed to go to school right now. Their, their future is completely in doubt. They graduate from colleges with useless degrees and giant debts. They see no future. They have no idea how they're, uh, uh, you know, they're going to be the first generation that doesn't do better than their own parents. And the most important thing is somebody's pronouns. That's, it's, that's certifiably nuts. And, it's, and I think it becomes very easy for people like that, you know, some, some college kid who isn't going to get a better job than working at the Starbucks, Frankly, he's got a lot in common with that guy with the John Deere hat who's trying to, uh, you know, operate a farm and yeah. who maybe goes to church all the time and likes his guns and voted for Trump. But he's not allowed to talk to that guy because of, uh, I don't know, systemic racism or some nonsense. That's super convenient to divide and conquer that way, isn't it? I mean, it's it really sure is. And you know what you sound like? You sound like you're talking about Jim Crow segregation law in the 1950s Bingo. and 60s. It's Bingo. stupid. Uh, you know, it, it, the, the Americans, uh, some people call them classical liberals because that's what we believe in. We believe in freedom and liberty and, and, and defending it. 
for everybody, whether we agree with them politically or partisanly or not. Uh, we believe in that, and we've got to uh, come back to that. But they're crazy. They're absolutely crazy because we are now talking the same way our parents and grandparents talked that said it was crazy to separate the races. The well, exactly. Exactly. It's so, it's so much easier to divide uh, the, the, the working folks so that they to, to give that to let them fight each other than really the real enemy. Look, I mean, you sent that John Gear guy, and you sent the guy with the piercing down who uh, uh, made clear his pronouns in uh, on Twitter. You sent them down together and said, "What do you guys think of the corporations?" He goes, "I hate the corporations." And John Deere guy goes, "Yeah, I don't I don't trust big corporations either. Why do I like the banks? Well, I I I've got a lot of problems with the banks too." And then they're yeah. like, "Huh, huh? Well, that's I, now." It's not to say they agree on everything. They certainly don't. But, boy, it's so convenient to tear people apart with nonsense. Uh, you know, I mean, you have this whole generation of people. They've got, they've got no hope. They've got, they don't believe in anything because, of course, why should they? Mm -hmm. I mean, look what that last, our, 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 our ruling generation has done. It's a great big nothing except failure after failure after failure. And to give themselves meaning, they have to get in this quest against something because people want to do something. That's, that's part of the reason we have so many people in the military. They want to do something bigger than themselves. Well, what, what can we do? Uh, I don't know. Oh, I'm going to fight systemic racism. I mean, I can't see it. I can't smell it. I can't touch it. It doesn't seem to exist, but at least it gives me some meaning. Yeah, but how do you fight it when you can't identify it? You know, uh, the, exactly. the so-called, but it's not about winning. It's about intellectuals that say they've identified it. When you really look at the facts, it it, it falls apart. But it the point the point apart. isn't that it means something or that it's that it's uh, coherent or meaningful in any way. The point is the struggle. The point is to be involved in the battle. Now you, you and I have both been in war zones. You 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 when you're in the middle of a struggle, you feel differently. Now, of course, I was so far in the rear you'd have to FedEx bullets to hit me, and I ran a heavily armed car wash, but there's still you still feel I'm not gonna call it excited, but you feel alive in a way you don't any other way. Yeah. And it's exciting to be part of something that's bigger than you. I mean, I'm walking around going, My gosh, someday I'm gonna read about this in history books, and I have. So yeah. They want to be part of something bigger than themselves, and maybe this struggle against this phantom uh, enemy who doesn't exist—maybe that's maybe maybe that's why they're not they're they're doing it. I, I don't know. It, 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 I, I don't find their struggle, you know, their cause as much as as much as what they're trying to do uh, with the strategy and tactics because it, it, they remind me of the interwar period in Germany and the rise of the National Socialist Workers Party uh, in Germany, the, a.k.a. the Nazis. Uh, yep. And, and those, uh, those tactics of uh, deplatforming people, taking away their voice, uh, uh, closing their bank accounts, uh, you know, it's been reported that Mr. Trump's bank accounts have been closed in some states and uh, 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 legal challenges against you to be able to live somewhere. So you're, you're, you know, those are the types of things that happened to the Jewish people in Nazi Germany. Uh, 
Yeah, the, he, he got he, into he, World he, War II, wasn't it? The, the, the strategic problem they face is this is not a small, easily identifiable uh, minority who had been uh, had a history of oppression against them. Instead, yeah. they're basically talking half of America. And it's the half that can get kind of ornery. So this is classic uh, bad counterinsurgency on their part. Giant overreactions that begin to get make people have to choose. And when people have to choose, they come off the bench. And yeah. it, it's, you know, if, if Joe Biden wasn't Joe Biden, he would get. He would have gotten out there and said, "I want real unity, and here are some of the things I'm going to do. I'm not, you know, you guys are afraid of the filibuster. Well, I'm not going to support filibuster uh, because I'm not going to jam things down our throat. I'm going to work in a bipartisan way, so I will not. Uh, I will not accept a, 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 an attack on the filibuster. And I know I'll get grief from my own my own side, uh, some quarters, but I don't want sides. I want to be a president for everybody, and you know." doing real things, not insulting people, not calling half of America racist. That's a good start. Um, yeah. Well, Kurt, thank you very much. Uh, looks like we've lost our connection with you. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, you can find more about Kurt's uh, uh, book, crisis at amazon.com uh barnes and noble uh all of the booksellers uh it's a great story uh, and very compelling uh with what we're seeing today uh this is rob manis until next week hang in there uh this is the united states of america uh work at the local state and federal level in government and elected uh with elected officials to do our number one priority this year, which is to make sure we have election integrity, which means changing state election laws to prevent things like digital voting machines uh, and going back to paper ballots so that we can secure and have confidence in our elections. Until next week, this is Rob Manis.